Welcome to the Eternal ROI Podcast, where we share the real stories of workplace transformation. And now, here are your hosts, Will Stewart and Chris Patton. Welcome to the Eternal ROI Podcast. Good to have everybody watching and listening along. I'm Will Stewart, joined as always by Chris Patton, CEO of His Way at Work. Hey, Chris. Will, how are you doing today? Fantastic. Excellent. Excellent. Well, we are going to be joined by a, uh, a fun guest. Yeah. Uh, Joe Simons is co-founder uh, and I think CEO of Salt Strong. Um, it is a, uh, well, I'm not even going to go, I'm not going to attempt to go into it. I'm going to let Joe describe it. But Joe's a guy that's going to be fun to listen to. He's got some incredible stories. Um, if it doesn't come out, uh, make sure we, we tell people to watch the YouTube video about catching a fish from a third floor balcony. <laughs> All right. That's just, that's just, that's worth the price of admission right there. Exactly. This free podcast. Yeah, absolutely. We'll put that in the show notes too. So yes. uh, welcome to the show, Joe. Glad to have you on. What's up guys. So yeah. let's kick it off by talking about this third floor balcony. Uh, catch, you, huh? you have to start with that. <laughs> that's right. Okay? Just, just to set the stage, right? So my brother and I had a little office in downtown Tampa at the time. We weren't really fulfilling much in terms of our fishing lures, et cetera. And so we just had a little space that we could have meetings and, uh, and kind of impress people because it was a beautiful view of downtown. Like we're on the water, right in, right in uh, Tampa river and Hillsborough river. And so I, I'm, I'm, well, I'm at a conference call and I'm looking down. I was like, it's like, that's a snook down there. And uh, so I hit my brother and we're on, a, we're literally on a conference call with this, with, with this guy named Tony and uh, Luke gets up and, and we both kind of looked at each other. Like it's that look that brothers get. And we said, yeah. Tony, man, something just came up. We got to call you right back. So we hung up the <laughs> conference call. Luke gets out his rod. He's a much better caster than, than I am. We're both good fishermen. He is next level. And I'll, I'll admit that here on air. And it was, there was a tree in the way. And so it was almost, and he had to go left-handed and he's kind of ambidextrous. So he goes left-handed, the third cast, and I'm filming this whole thing from three floors up. He, the third cast makes it right there. The snook nails it. And now we're fighting a fish from the third floor story. <laughs> and we're like, what do we do with this? And so we had an intern at the time named Will. And we're like, Will, run downstairs. We dropped the rod to him. This is all on video, by the way. And it went viral. It was on Weather yes. Channel there, and, and yeah. it was everywhere. <laughs> and then Will actually catches it in the air, three floors up, and reels it in. And then Luke goes down, and we get the the catch and release all on video. It was it was epic, and uh, <laughs> it, it definitely it was one of those. You know, you finally get a viral video, and and you're like, oh, it's going to change our whole business. And it didn't. It got a lot of eyeballs to, towards sure. us. It, it definitely helped brand recognition, but. That wasn't like a big revenue day, which I, I thought was uh, interesting, but doggone, that was so much fun and uh, <laughs> how cool that we actually got it on video. So, well, if nothing else, at dinner parties, you've obviously got the game winner story, right? There's, I mean, nobody's <laughs> yeah, going to top that. Right. Yeah. <laughs> but if you watch the video, it is, it's pretty amazing when you see the, the distance of the fish around the tree and you realize, no, he's actually going to try to cast and land right in front of that fish. Yeah. It's nuts. Nuts. That was perfect. Yeah. Anyway, when I'm in when I'm in front of a pond, sometimes I'm casting. I miss the whole whole pond. So like, that's, that's that's good. I, 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 would, that I don't believe I'd admitted that. Yeah. <laughs> <That's> true. <laughs> so Joe, uh, we we've heard the fishing story. Let's start with uh, your story. What's the what's yeah. the uh, the elevator pitch of what you guys do at Salt Strong, and then tell us how you kind of got into that business. Yeah, in a sentence, Salt Strong is an online fishing club, and you know. 
back in the day, that would have seemed crazy that you could actually, you know, teach fishing, right? And actually uh, entertain, you know, people, obviously. But the whole teaching part, people had trouble with in the beginning. And now, you know, we have 3 million people a year come to saltshore.com to learn everything from how to, you know, tie knots to the best rigs to use to even how to position your boat or your kayak. And we kept hearing from people saying, yeah, I, I, I see all this stuff, but I, I really want to see how you guys do it, right? It's one thing to see someone in a studio tying a knot or rigging up their rod and their reel or, or even talking about how they're going to catch a fish. But it's a whole different ballgame to, to actually see someone do it. And so we heard it once and we're like, oh, okay. And, and sometimes we're a little bit a little bit dullheaded and, and we heard it again. Then we heard it again and people are like, yeah, we literally pay to see you guys just go fish and like almost like game film like with with Mm. football right Mm. like to film everything and then afterwards kind of do like a post-trip analysis and talk about where the fish were and more importantly why because you know it's really about the trends with fishing a lot of people think it's about the fishing spot i gotta have that one spot but last time i checked fish have tails and no fences like they're moving around especially in saltwater with tides i mean they're moving around every single day Mm. and so we just started doing that I'd start off with just my brother and I, and we would, he, as, as I said, he's a better angler, and I would film him a lot of times, and then we'd we'd post it, and then we started charging money for it. And I remember we got a hundred people to pay us; it was ninety-seven bucks a year, and then we got a thousand. I remember we hit two thousand. We're like, all right, we are on to something now. Like it mm-hmm. was a big day when we hit two thousand people, and now fast forward, we're about to hit thirty thousand. You know, people all paying us that wow. ninety-seven bucks a month, and it's wow. it's evolved into a really really tight knit community. It's evolved into now a whole, you know, tackle store. And it's, uh, I guess, an analogy on the tackle side. It's kind of like Costco. You know, it, it, you're, you're getting massive discounts and able to buy stuff in bulk if you want to and, and save a ton of money. And, uh, and we're just having the time of our lives. You know, we, we came from the financial services industry and, and, and we got paid well for it, but we were never really fulfilled. And, uh, and, and that, that, that's much more important is uh, obviously you age. And I think a lot of us, you know, at 18 and, and, and 21, you look up to these people that, that have a house, right. And, and you, at the time you probably have no money when you're 18 and 21, you're like, man, they have a house and they have cars and they have this great job and they have a family and man, their life must be perfect. And then I got there personally and I was like, man, this, this ain't all it's cracked up. <laughs> it's to be. not like, what is, it looked like. No. <laughs> it is, I was like, is this, is this it? And, and you don't want to say that in front of your spouse, but it's like, is this it? I was doing something I didn't really love. I didn't really love my customers in, in the financial services space. And, um, I was traveling so much. I hardly had a relationship with my wife. And I was like, man, this is, there's gotta be more to it than this. And, and that, really kind of started the whole journey of us doing something that we were passionate about and all of our best memories going back in time were around fishing and and boating and just being at the beach i mean every single family vacation we had was around that even we didn't catch fish i mean some of our favorite stories were my dad falling off the boat and stepped on a stingray one time after we got the boat stuck on a sandbar i mean just all those memories like man how how cool would it be if we could create a club, if you will, that would, that would help people create memories. And, yeah. and it didn't happen overnight. Like we didn't get it. We've, it, we always said we're a fishing club, but all of a sudden one day we're like, you know what, we're, we're in the fishing memory creating business or the memory creating business to, mm-hmm. you know, shorten it even more. And, and that's what really what gets us going these days. Uh, you know, when we get emails from, from parents or single moms or dads or grandparents that say, man, thanks to you guys. I just, had the best day ever with my kids. You know, even though we only caught a couple of fish or maybe we had an amazing day, 
I, I just created a memory that we'll never forget. And they'll, they'll attach a picture in the email. I'm like, mm. that gets us goosebumps. Like that gets us fired up. Sure. Because like we know if we can do that, now we've got people having real conversations out there. Something magical happens when you're out on the water and you're having conversations with people. Some of my best conversations with my kids are out in the boat. It's all of a sudden it's like God just opens them up and they say stuff. You're like, what? Where, where did the heck did that come from? Walls Versus come like down, when right? you're in the car on the way home from school, they're all like, hey, how'd your day go? Good. Good. It, it, it's <laughs> something weird and magical that happens when you're out in the out in the water and uh and so that's been a really, really big part of, of what we're doing. And that's as awesome. I said, we're just we're having a blast doing it, which is the best part. And we truly love our clients, uh, like really, really, really love who we're working with, which is so important. Well, you you've achieved the ultimate goal. You're being paid to fish, which is just, you know, <laughs> like everybody wants to do. Right. So that's uh, right. It's, it's a wonderful thing. Um so your love of, of fishing probably started very early, very young, sounds like. Oh, yeah. um, yep. When did your love for Jesus start? When was your first relationship with, with God, and how did that all come about for you? Yeah, that actually started off really young as well, but but it kind of faded. And, and here's what I meant, uh, what I mean by that. My, my mom was actually the religion teacher. Uh, just so you can kind of get an idea at our private Episcopal school that, you know, we started off when we were four years old and, and really in, up until high school. And, you know, sometimes us as parents, you know, we want something so bad for our kids, not to say that we shove it down their throat, but there was a lot of kind of forced, you know, Bible studies and kind of some forced uh, you know, uh, Bible camps and stuff that at the time I was more interested in sports and, and fishing and, and girls. And I, I didn't really get it, but, but, but I, I, I was a hundred percent a Christian. I pray, like I went to church. So I was very, very active, but, but maybe more in a, in a forced sense. And, and I, I grew up in Florida, ended up going to Georgia tech. And as soon as I went to Georgia tech, I, I I kind of felt I was on my own, right? I, I I was almost a fresh start for me because I didn't go to Florida or Florida State where a lot of my friends went or UCF. And I, I knew one person, literally, when I went to Atlanta. And I realized, man, all these people I'm meeting don't really go to church. And they all seem like they're happy and having fun. And so not to say I went in a really poor direction. I, I wasn't doing like illegal stuff, but I, I certainly wasn't going to church. And I kind of put all that on the on the back burner. I would essentially go once a year. Uh, when I came home, you know, or maybe twice, I guess, for kind of Easter and Christmas, I'd go with my family. But other than that, I, I it wasn't at the top of my uh, my mind. Um, but all of that changed as I as I as I said earlier, as I kind of got a little bit older, and a lot changes when you have a kid, and a lot changes when you wake up every day not fulfilled and kind of feel like there's something missing. And and that was just part of this whole search I went on. Uh, and wrote a whole book about it called Fishing for Happiness about like, well, there's got to be more to life than, than, you know, just making money and, uh, and, and being successful in the eyes of the of the world. And, um, and so it was long story short, I went from being in church all the time and going to a Christian school where we actually had chapel and like, we're doing communion at least once a week, uh, to not doing anything at all to kind of going all all in again, and, and ended up joining C12 for our business, uh, just because I just, I wanted more and more of it. And now I'm, it's funny, right? I, I was, I was being like almost, almost shoved in my face growing up. And now I'm like just burning to learn more and to have more. Yeah. It's, it's, it's interesting how it works and everyone's on a whole different journey. No one's is going to look just like mine, 
but uh, but it it has been a fun ride, and I feel like I'm in a in a great spot right now, which is good. Awesome. It's different whenever yeah. the relationship is from your heart, you know, versus being oh, yeah. being forced on, you know, whether whether it's good intentions, I'm sure, but you know, like when it, when it comes from external, you know, external forces. What was the what was the experience like before you said, okay, there's something missing in my life? Uh, you know, God, yes, I'm a Christian. Yes, you know, I, I'm I'm going to church nominally. That that's that's all there. But what describe your life kind of before you said, um, kind of what were the things that kind of pushed you to where you you said, okay, I I need to have God be the central part, more of a central part in my life. You know, you you mentioned you didn't know your wife as as well as you wanted to. You know, yep. work was just not fulfilling. I'm sure salary was great. You know, usually when in financial sector, it it is good. So there are all those boxes are being checked right but what were the the emotions and the things that that you were feeling that that kind of led you to be like I, i've got to change yeah it, it really kind of boils down to one one story and and this whole time while i'm going to college my parents aren't naive right you you, you guys know i mean we, they knew i wasn't going to church um <laughs> and, and yet the whole time they prayed for me right and i and, I, and i'm 100 certain like the whole time they had their congregation praying for me and and, and I felt like all these small things kept happening. And so I'm, I'm 20, let's just say 26 to 27, like all these small little things started happening where uh, some close calls, let's just say, and, and doing some semi dumb stuff uh, is all I will say. And, <laughs> and there was just a lot of very close calls where I probably should have been arrested, pro- probably might even have died in a couple cases and mm. some alcohol involved and things like that. And, 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 but I never really, you know, like you change for like a week, all right, I'm never going to drink again. And, and maybe that goes for a month or something. And then finally I was 28 years old and I was on an airplane on the way back from Italy. So I'm living the life. Uh, we were entertaining some of our top customers in the financial services industry. And we took them on a trip to Italy, had an absolute blast. And that morning we left, I'm very hungover. And all I wanted to do is sleep. And I had I had a book and I'm sitting next to this random guy. He's to my to my right. And I'm trying to read a book just so we can like take off and I can go to bed. And he keeps chatting with me. And I'm like, man, it's like, will this guy ever just be quiet? All I want to do is read a book and go to bed. I'm feeling horrible. And my arm is is, um, you know, right next to his. And and he kind of stopped talking and I can see him looking down, you know, when you can sense someone like kind of looking at you and, and I, I I'm kind of like looking over and he says, um, he says, Hey, have you had that checked out? And it was a, it was a, a bright red mole. Not, it wasn't extravagant or anything really big, but it was just a, a normal size mole. And it was right there on my, on my arm. And it was, it was, it was definitely red. It almost looked like it had been sunburn or, or maybe mm. kind of like scratched. And, and I just, I said, no, I said, why? Like, are you a dermatologist or something? And he's like, no, he's like, you know, I've had a lot of family members who've, who've had skin cancer and he's like, you, you need to get that checked out. Mm. And so that was kind of in their conversation. I finally get to my book and I just, I go to bed and the next day uh, I'm getting ready for, uh, for, for work and I'm in the shower and I can't stop looking at this thing. It had been there for a while and I, I, I'd see it every once in a while. And I'm like, this guy is like in my head. I never got his name. I was like, man. Oh, the guy. And I, and I was like, all right, I'll, I'll do something about it. And then I, I kept seeing it. I kept seeing it. So there happened to be a dermatologist in the same big office complex that we're in. 
And so finally, one day I was, on my lunch break, I was like, I'm just going to go in there and get an appointment, see if they can see me. So I did. Uh, they, they do a little biopsy. I kind of forget about it. And then uh, I'm going to say around seven days later, I'm in my office at that same, uh, that same place. And a nurse is at my door. One of the nurses from in the building mm. and instantly, I, I had a, I had like an anxiety attack I, yeah. instantly because nurses don't come to get good news. And so right. I knew I was like, yeah. this is not good. And, and I honestly forgot about it. But all of a sudden, I'm like, all right, well, she's here. She's holding like some papers like this is not good. I'm on the phone and like my heart's beating. I'm, I'm like, I'm literally like sweating, having an anxiety attack. And I get off and I'm looking at her like this is like, hey, and she's like, hey, I, I, I'm sorry to interrupt, but I, I got some news it's like you have cancer. I'm like, mm. Whoa. So I'm, sorry, it still brings back a ton of emotion. So I'm 20 yeah, years sure. old. I'm single. I'm making a ton of money. I have no one really in my life except, you know, a couple girlfriends and. I was like, man, you know, the, the one thing I was ashamed of is, is the first thing I did. I was like, I was like, I was pissed off at God. I was like, man, what, why me? Like, why, why is this happening to me? And I understand now why he was basically trying to slow me down from this life I was living and open up my eyes to, to turn to him. But it was like one of those just roller coaster things. I just, I went home for the day. I was like sick to my stomach. And like, all I hear is like, you have cancer and it's, it's beginning a stage two. This is not like, you know, getting a small piece of skin, you know, skin cancer cut out. This is going to be a full day of surgery. So I, I know all this stuff going in and she tells me all this stuff. And all I'm hearing is, man, I'm, I'm going to die. And I'm going to have no one. I'm, and I'm not going to, I'm not going to have God. And so, First thing I do is I call my parents is like, guys, you got to pray for me. Like I, I got a freaking cancer. And obviously they're upset just like you guys would be if your kids called you and said you got cancer out of the blue. And, and that was one of those times where like everything changed, everything slowed down. The stuff that I thought was important is not that important. The money, I couldn't even care about what my paycheck was going to be that month. I just wanted to live. And I, And I want to have a relationship with God. And so guess what I started doing immediately is I started going to church. I started praying. I got every person I knew that believed in God to start praying for me. And my parents had all kinds of prayer groups. And sorry, every time I talk about it, it brings up so many emotions because it was literally this pivotal moment in my life. Yeah. And so I'll fast forward to the day at St. Joseph's Hospital in Atlanta. It was the day of the surgery. I'm nervous as can be, like next level nervous, uh, like anyone would be. My dad drove up to be with me that day, and uh, it was going to be a full day of surgery. And I'm sitting there in, you know, my little hospital bib and uh, <laughs> in a wheelchair. They, you know, even though I could clearly walk, they have to wheelchair you in. And there was a step before the surgery and if you're a physician or a nurse, you probably know what I'm talking about, but they, they basically have to, you know, put a needle in you and inject you with some of a, a like a dark fluid where they're able to see a lot of the stuff in your veins and what it's doing. And, and, and a nurse started it and then a physician came in to kind of finish it. And it was very small talk. Like we didn't really mention anything. He could probably tell I was nervous. And this is like the, 
this is like one of the craziest things. So my dad's with me. I'm still in my little wheelchair. I'm, I'm about to leave. The doctor is about to leave. He's got his hand on the door. He's walking out into a very busy hallway in the middle of St. Joseph's hospital. And he stops like back to me and grabs his door, like hand is on the, on the door handle. And he literally stops and he turns around and he's like, he goes, I feel like I'm being called to pray for you. And I'm <laughs> kind of look at, kind of look at my dad and I was like, and he's like, is that okay? And I was like, I'm, I'm, I'm crying at the time. He's, I was, he's like, yeah, yeah, pray. So he touches me right where I was going to have the surgery says some prayer. I don't remember a word that he said, but I remember the feeling. And at that moment, it was like all that anxiety and all the, all the fears that I had, all of the horrible thoughts that I had about me dying, having to take my arm off all these, it went away and, and they wheeled me down. I'm, I'm crying. My dad was crying. Like we still talk about it to this day. And we're like, man, that was one of the just weirdest things I have ever seen in my life. It was unexplainable. This guy could have gotten fired for it. And the whole way down, I'm like, just trying to take it all in. I was like, what just happened? And they put me in kind of a holding room before the surgery. My dad and I are trying to wipe away our tears. And, and I was like, I'm, I'm going to be fine. <laughs> and he's like, <laughs> he's like, She's like, no. And I was like, I, I'm, I'm, he's like, I, I'm, I'm healed. Like, I, like something just happened. I was like, I know I'm going to be fine. And it was, it was a magical moment. And at that time, my entire heart shifted to God. I, it, yeah. It's one thing to say you have faith. And I hope not everyone has to go through an, an extreme example like that, where you have cancer and have to put your life on hold for a while. But man, that literally changed everything. It, it softened my heart. It opened up my eyes to, to, to God and the power of prayer. Uh, and just, <laughs> I don't know if he was an, an angel or what. I, I, I tried to find the guy's name. And I, I never could even find it, which is really odd in terms wow. of that doctor who was clearly there and clearly had a, a role in this. And it was, it was just, it was an unexplainable thing. But at that point I, I, I knew I was healed and, and I am, I, I still have a bunch of scars and I got scars here. My limp nose are all taken out to prove it. But that, that was the pivotal moment where, where I, I knew I was, I was saved, if you will. I didn't have to go to church. I didn't have to get baptized and know it. But at that moment, uh, uh, something changed in, in my life. I felt like I was filled. I knew what people said when they were filled with the Holy Spirit prior to that. Yeah. I honestly thought that was kind of cheesy. I was like, what are they talking about? <laughs> I, I got it. I finally yeah. understood what that meant. And, mm. and that was really the pivotal moment, not to say I've been perfect since then, sure. but that was a pivotal, pivotal moment in, in my life where, mm. where every, literally everything changed. And sorry for all the, all the tears. Uh, wow. Wow. Certainly an emotional time. And like I said, it was, it was almost like a reset to, to my life and, and anyone who, who is, wondering like I did, why is this happening to me? You know, if, if God is great, why does he let you suffer? Why would he let someone go through cancer if he really loves you? And, and I get it now. I, I needed that more than anything. Like it, and, and really, I, I even write in the book, it was one of the best things that happened to me. Yeah. As weird as that sounds, I mean, God has a plan for everything. And sometimes he has to use things like that to slow you down, to get you to open up your eyes and, and actually, uh, 
you know, become a better person, become the best version of, of yourself. And, uh, yeah, that was, that was just a, a wild month or so of, uh, of my life, but one that I will never forget. And that was another reason I documented it in the, in the book. Just mm -hmm. if, if I ever get hit by a bus, I, I want my kids to have that because yeah. especially in, I think in those twenties and thirties, you know, you go through that time, you're, you start, you know, having your first career and, 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 and or raising a family or whatever it looks like. And, and it's that time where you're trying to figure stuff out. And, and many times you feel lost and, and hopeless. And, and, and many times you, God's kind of like a last resort which is a sh an absolute shame. Uh, but I, I wanted my kids to have all that documented in case anything ever happened to me. So, mm. and that's that. incredible. So now when we, when I look back at all the things I'm hearing you guys are doing, you and your brother through the business, um, you know, it just makes sense that what, what put the fire in your gut, what put the, the vision in your, in your heart and your, in your mind. Um, so fast forward to the business or businesses you and, and Luke have, have gone into and how you approach them differently than you did, obviously the financial services, but um, just what's your mindset now? What is, what does it look like um, from Joe Simon's eyes when he looks at business? So, so the eye-opening thing on business did not happen right then. Um, sure. Uh, it was shortly after that. I was 28 uh, when that happened. By 29, I'd quit my job and said, "I'm I'm going to do something that makes me more fulfilled." Li life's too short. That was a life is too short moment. Mm -hmm. And so I, I did quit my my job and 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 became an entrepreneur essentially at that time. But but even then. I'm now all in with church, doing the reading the Bible every day, like journaling. I, I I was a different person, but I still believed that you had to make a choice between business and, and ministry. I, I never heard of this, you know, what C12 calls it the business sure. as a ministry. I, I it never even occurred to me that you could have both, right? I mean, we were yes. almost kind of told that growing up that, you know, keep these two things separate. You, you don't yep. want to combine them. So our first two businesses, there was no mention of us being, I think people knew when they dealt with us on how we treated sure. them, but there was no mention of it on our website or anything like that. It was something we lived and, and, you know, we acted a certain way and we acted a certain way on the weekends and we attended church, but it, the two were not intertwined at all. And it wasn't until we started Salt Strong that that all of a sudden we we said you know we are going to dedicate this to God, and so really from the get go that was on our website and and we had another pivotal moment at a C twelve meeting. So I joined C twelve. If you guys don't know what C twelve is, you, I, I'm not going to spend a lot of time pitching them, yeah. but a, a great group for you know Christian CEOs and, and leaders to to share everything from stories like that where we're talking about our lives and things we're struggling with to, to real business problems. And it is a way to use your business as a ministry. And I'm sitting in a C12 meeting and there's a gentleman, once again, one of these random things, this guy, I've never met him before. He's a guest from another, uh, another C12 group. And he happened mm -hmm. to be in town. He had missed his C12 meeting and he came to sit in ours. And we were talking about our mission statement. And, and I've heard you guys in your podcast, you know, you put a lot of emphasis on, on mission and, and the vision and making sure your employees have a super clear uh, like that they should be able to recite your vision. And so right. many of us miss that, in, including yours truly. And so we're, we're spending a whole day talking about mission and vision. And I'm kind of like 
tooting my horn here. Oh yeah. It's like, we've had, you know, God that we honor God on our site since like day one. And I'm feeling like pretty proud about that. (laughs) And, and, and he stops me and, and he's sitting right across the table from me and he goes, why not Jesus Christ? And it wasn't like one of these nonchalant, like, Hey, maybe you should put Jesus. He, Mm -hmm. he was, he wanted an answer from me. And Mm -hmm. I'm, I, I look over at Kevin, who's our, our chair, like, Man, help me out. Can, I, can a guest do this? <laughs> yeah. And it, like the room's quiet. So we have 12, you know, CEOs in there. And he's just asked me, why not Jesus Christ? And I didn't know what to tell him. Mm. And so I the first thing out of my mouth was, I don't know. I like, like, you know, we're we're online and we serve so many, like we might offend someone. And that was the first thing I said. And he yeah. he mm. lit into me in, in a very loving way. And he's like, Who are you afraid of offending? Some random person on the internet? Or, or, or are we afraid of offending Jesus? And he kept going on, and I'm just like, oh, man, this guy <laughs> is roasting me. And everyone's looking at wow. me. And it, But I knew he was right, right? I, I was like, mm-hmm. man, why, why, why are we hiding from this? And, and, and this is a wild story, guys. So that was a, that was a Thursday that he, he basically put me on the spot in front of everyone. And I wrote it down as a to-do, right? We always write our to-dos down. I had 30 days to basically accomplish it. And I'm pretty certain it was the next week. I told my brother Luke about it. Who's Christian. We're on the, we're on board. We have, we we're a hundred percent aligned there. And I, and he agreed we should do it, but we, we didn't really do it. And so it was the following Wednesday night around 10 o'clock. I went in and personally did it. Did not tell my brother, not tell anyone. I just did it. So instead of saying uh, we, we honor God in everything we do, I said we honor God and Jesus Christ in everything we do. Still on our website today on our about page. That was 10 o'clock that night. The next morning, my brother is texting me at like five something in the morning. And he's like, dude, call me. The entire website is down. I call him up mm. and was like, what do you mean? He's like, it's shut down. It's hacked. We we can't even get in as admins. Whoa. Uh, Luke, there's something I want to tell you. I might have blown that thing up. <laughs> Last night around 10 o'clock, I put Jesus on our site. Uh, do you think that has anything to do with it? So mm. you might be wondering what happened. We did get our site back. Uh, we have a full-time web developer who's highly skilled and was able to to thank goodness we back up everything daily and saved it. And here's what happened. We use WordPress as our site, which is one of the biggest platforms to build you know, websites on. And inside of WordPress, they have things called plugins that can help you do everything from capturing email addresses to making things look right. And a lot of these plugins are made from all over the world. And there are certain plugins, and, and you could Google this and, and find some of them that are run by, I'm not going to name the countries, but there's some Middle East countries that are literally, because they have access to everything on your site when the plugin's there, and they're scraping sites for things like Christianity or Jesus, and they reverse hacked into our site because they saw that on there reverse hacked into it and shut the entire thing down. And so wow. we found out what we have an idea. It was one of a couple plugins that were in that certain area of the, of the world. And we obviously deleted them as quick as we could. Uh, but after all that investigation, that's what it was. And, and that was another one of those line in the sand moments, right? Did we just make a mistake or does someone want us to not have this on there? Is there someone yeah. trying, is this Satan and evil force, or whatever, is this someone trying to make sure we're not spreading this message? 
and that was when we i mean we said all right we're all in like all right if someone doesn't want that bad and we know this is what we're called to do we're all in and so that was a pivotal moment in the in the business and it was shortly after the same c12 group minus that that guest uh, <laughs> that encouraged us to do the salt strung on church so we have a podcast like you and in two days a week we do fishing related podcasts and and then every sunday we have a salt strung on church uh where we talk about you know the big questions a lot of us have you know is is god real uh, you know, wh why does he allow suffering? And, and we cover all types of, of topics and uh, people I'm talking about anxiety because I suffered from anxiety attacks for a while and, uh, and depression and alcohol and all kinds of things. And, and that's been really, really, really fun. And that was, to me, the first proof that you could bring ministry and business together and impact people and love on people and and not not offend them uh and and it's wild how many people have reached out to us who aren't even christians who say man i am i appreciate you guys so much just just for being great people and bringing great leaders and not being afraid to talk about what you believe in and and yeah. who you stand for and 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 there's a there's a stigma about Christians. I, I and you guys know what I'm talking about. And there's some who who could be labeled as hypocritical or you know not necessarily helping out the the cause. Right. And I think that's to me now that the limelight's on us and we're putting that up there, it holds us more accountable, right? There's so uh, many yeah. times I've wanted to get mad at someone on social media for how they treat us or slandering us. And I'm just like, man, I have got to treat them with love and kill them with kindness. Cause I believe there are so many people out there dying. I mean, just dying to feel the love of Jesus Christ. And because you can't touch him, right. We, you know, if you're a non-Christian, you don't even know where to look except to maybe go to church and see this thing called a Bible, which is honestly kind of tough to read. Right. And, and so the next thing they do is they look to people like us and if they look to people like us to, to see what Jesus's love is like, and we're being negative and hateful no and yeah. right and hypocritical, then shame on us. And so to me, it was, it, it literally has changed our lives in terms of how we act and treat people. And, and not to say that we were mean before when we didn't have the limelight on us, but it, it makes you think you're on stage all the time and that curtain is up. And, uh, and, and yeah, we still make mistakes, but man, when we do, we're quick to apologize and, uh, and we're quick to do the, to do the right thing. So uh, that that whole moment there was was so big, and uh, and I, I I wish the groups like C twelve and in years I, I wish they would just expand and get bigger. They're they're tough to market sometimes, but there are so many people like me that had that you know that moment at twenty eight. They're like, man, I I want to find a way to tie in this ministry and, and business. I just don't know how to do it. But but do know if you're listening, I mean, there are tons of places and including this this podcast and, and, and you guys and the C12s that will make your life so much easier and, and show you how to do it the right way and, and technically the, the the legal way and uh, where you can make a massive, massive impact, you know, both in in your family and in your employees and all of the people that, that you serve. It's a uh, it's been really, really neat. That's awesome. Hmm. One thing, go back on the podcast here for a moment, Joe. Yeah. When you guys first started uh, your Salt Strong podcast, you did not include the unchurched episode weekly at the very beginning, right? So you were doing this podcast. How long did you do it before you added unchurched? And how you you made a comment? You do a podcast like we do. I think you've got a couple more <laughs> listeners than we do. 
So I'd like <laughs> to hear you. <laughs> I like to hear your numbers on that. But you were doing this podcast, in my understanding, pretty good success there, if not great yep. success. And then you added. So there's a there's another decision right there, a risk. Walk us through that process. Yeah, that's. The podcast had been around, I'm going to say a year and a half. Um, I don't have the exact dates, but it's something like that. And it was doing well. The whole company was doing well. And and so at this point, you know, Jesus is, is on our site. The podcast, I think, was even prior to that. And and now we had this this opportunity, a, a choice to be made. Do, do we put this unchurched on there or do we do it separate? And I'll be honest, fear was telling me to just create a whole separate company and have nothing to do with salt strong. And I, I, I don't know what it was. It, you can call it prayer, listening to God, but it was something in my heart kept saying, tie them together. Don't be ashamed. Right. I mean, I, I, I hear that guest like, who are you ashamed of? Like, and so I did it. We said, all right, we're going to literally call it salt strong unchurched, put it on the exact same podcast and we had at the time about 75,000 people on our email list as like our, our active email uh, subscribers. And we did it. We, we had our first podcast, the Salt Strong Unchurched podcast version, and it was called Is God Real? That was episode number one. Was that scary I, hitting that hitting send on the email and putting that out? Dude, it was, I, I remember it. My brother remembers it. That was another one of those moments where like yeah. we could literally lose the whole business. That was going on my head, right? To me, it sure. was going back to money. I, I'm just going to be honest. It was like, yeah. we built all this, like we're finally profitable. Like that was like our first profitable year, like a good year where we actually <laughs> pay taxes. And it was like, we're about to maybe ruin all of this. And, and, and fear, like all same deal as the cancer, like all these thoughts is all oh, man, people are going to hate you and they're going to judge you and you're not qualified enough. Who, who are you? You're not a pastor. Why are you even doing this unchurched? All these things are going into my head. And we had to hit a basically a button, right? To hit send to go to 75,000 people. And man, you should have seen how many people replied. I mean, it it, it took me the whole that whole Sunday because I went on a Sunday, including the next day, just to read all these emails and get back to people. Here's the great news: if you want the cliff notes, ninety eight percent of the emails were fantastic. They were so positive. They were so loving. People were thrilled. People were like, "I'm now signing up my kids. I've got friends in Tennessee, places they don't have salt water. I'm going to have them sign up today." Like. It was amazing. There was also, and this is the stuff where we get down upon ourselves, especially mm. with social media. And I still remember them because they were hurtful. Some of the emails that came back and it was, they were small, but they were powerful, were very, very negative. And we had three people of, of our entire customer list and of our emails, three people at, did ask for their money back and said, I want nothing to do with you guys. Multiple people said, mark my words, you will be out of business in six months from now. And mm. and by the way, that was a couple of years ago. Yes. Um, so yeah, and, and since then, the trajectory of everything from the people we've impacted, the money we've given away, I mean, literally everything is almost been like on turbo boosters since we made the decision to do that. Uh, it, it completely changed it. No, it did not wreck our business. If anything, it just solidified it. And I, I just don't think God is going to let uh, an entity 
regardless of its profit, nonprofit, et cetera, fail, if you're doing what's right and you're putting him first and you're, and you're giving the company to him and you're just being servants of it. Right. And so that was right. the point where we, we literally did say, even on the podcast and in, 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 in reply to some of the haters, you know what, this isn't our company, this is God's. And we're being told that this is the route we're supposed to go. And if you don't like it, don't listen to it, skip it. You know, it's pretty easy yeah. to keep scrolling. Uh, and, and that man, that was a, a, definitely a magical moment and it, and it got me fired up. It definitely made me believe that you really could do business as a ministry. It's one thing, right. To go to a, let's just say a C12 meeting and hear about some people who were Christians and running a business and maybe having Bible study. Uh, but to me, that was like, I never would have believed we would have done it to have a church service basically on our fishing podcast. Here's the craziest thing, guys. Um, I, after a while, we were we were emailing it out and we were putting it on social media and it started taking up my entire Sunday. And I'm not a pastor. I, I, I'm an entrepreneur. I'm a CEO. I'm super, super busy during the week. And I really want to dedicate the weekend for my family and for God. Yeah. And my wife could see me just some of the stress. And I was just like, it's those haters, right? Because every time we put it out, I was almost like having to refresh just to like delete their comments. She's like, you're spending so much time on this. If if this is meant to be, always listen to your wife, and God wants this message to get out there, why don't you just let him do his thing and stop refreshing your stupid Facebook and like enjoy your time <laughs> with your family on Sunday? So I did. I was like, you know what? I'm not even going to email it out next week. I'm not even going to post it on social media. God, I was almost like me challenging God. But I, I was so tired of spending like literally eight hours deleting comments and replying to people. There was some good stuff there too, but it was the negative ones were bringing me down on my Sunday. Uh -huh. And so I said, I'm not going to do it. I'm just going to record the podcast and literally let it be. So here we are. I've been doing that for probably eight, nine weeks. It started last year. So every Tuesday and Thursday, we have our normal fishing podcast that we email out to now like same, let's just say 70,000 people, 80,000 people. Okay. Our unchurched, we email to zero people and we don't put it on social media. It's not on Facebook. It's not on Instagram. It's literally only on iTunes. Someone has to go out there and search and find it. Okay. Mm -hmm. The unchurched podcast are getting the exact same amount of downloads as our fishing podcast that we send wow. out to 70,000 people. It, like, <laughs> whoa, like, that's crazy. It gives me goosebumps talking about it. It's like, yeah. God is literally finding these people. And every Sunday, I'm still getting emails. But now I, I pray before everyone I do, sit there in silence, and I pray that God just reaches whoever it is. There's usually one person. And I'll get his email from usually one person every Sunday. He's like, you were literally talking to me. He's like, whoa and it's like this super super long email and, and obviously they're all confidential if you're listening and you ever email me i never repeat <laughs> anything on there but some of the stuff that people share the things are going to them is like whoa and many times i'll have to go back and listen to it i'm like did i even say that like yeah. that, i don't know that that i've never would have even said that and i did i was like whoa like god was literally speaking to me in that moment i don't even remember uttering those those words and someone heard something specific so long story short that was a game changer for us. And, mm. and it was another way for me to kind of, you know, become not a pastor, but, you know, to kind of be ahead of, uh, of our little flock of people and to give advice and to get advice too. There's many that I've shared stuff I'm struggling with and people will start hitting me up with, with advice and, and prayer. And uh, it, it's been really, really, really neat to, to, to see that work and, and to know that you don't have to make that choice either, or it, it can be both. There is, there's obviously a right way and a wrong way to do it, 
but but you definitely can have both and still have a successful business because I know that's still you know deep down we all want that as entrepreneurs we want to have something that is growing and not not dying uh, and still do you know do what right what's right in, in God's eyes and uh, and to make a massive impact you know both here and, and for the overall kingdom. Mm. Oh, I love it, <laughs> man. It's amazing how God's math is different than than the world's math. You know, like yes. we, we we read all the uh, marketing books, we listen to all the marketing podcasts, we talk to all the marketing experts, but yep. you know, His work done His way um, is 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 given a a ten x a hundred x. You know, there's there's just yeah. a, a multiplication there that's just in, incredible and supernatural. Well, yep. the cool thing is once you do acknowledge we don't give our business to god we just acknowledge it was his the whole time right, right? and once <laughs> yep. we acknowledge that and we let go open hands then fail or no fail succeed or greatly or succeed minimally it in that case it doesn't matter i know we want the success we want to see the growth like yeah. you've said every entrepreneur yep. at heart wants to win yeah. but when you've when you've acknowledged it's his his win doesn't always look like our win Yes. And we see some more incredible things than we, than we could have scripted if we had chan a chance to, to write the whole thing out. Absolutely. So yeah. um, it's hard to do. It's something we naturally, our fingers naturally want to curl up and hold on to it. But once we can let go, man, to watch him work and just get alongside of him, pretty fun. It is. And he has such a great story for us that he wants to write, yes. you know, if we just get out of the way. <laughs> man, thank you for sharing yours, mm. Joe. Just yeah. the the... Yeah. Transparency, thank there. you guys. Appreciate yeah, just, that. just absolutely incredible. What's the piece of advice you wish you would have been given 10 years earlier? Oh, man. Um, I mean, a lot of what we talked about here that that you can still have a business and, and still put God, God first. I think the power of prayer to me has been one of those that that I I kind of like put on the back burner. And I would say anytime I, I even have a little bracelet just to remind me, and that's been one of the things that has has really served me well is just as entrepreneurs, a lot of times, you know, when something goes wrong and it will, we want to get in there and just fix it, right? We just yeah. want to get in there. And I've and I was that was me for the longest time. I'd want to go there and sell, sell, sell and change things. And now yeah. a lot of times I go back to my home office where I have a very quiet room and I just pray. Sometimes I'll, I'll little journal and write stuff down. Uh, that's something I wish someone had told me. I think, you know, especially if you're in your twenties and thirties and you just have all this energy, you just want to go and you think you can do it on your own. Yeah. Um, maybe you can, but it's a whole lot easier when you, you have uh, God on your side and, 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 and also be willing to, to, to what you just said there, be willing to, to even pray to God to close the wrong doors. And even, even if you think it's right, you have to trust him and have absolute faith that he's, he's got this path for you. He knows exactly where you're supposed to be and it's going to be on his time, not yours. That's good, Joe. And, and just one thing to add there, he knows where your faith is too. And he's yeah. not going to ask, he's not going to ask us to make a decision that's bigger than our faith can handle. I love and it. Now, the decisions will grow in size and scale and risk as our faith grows. Mm. But if you're listening right now and you're thinking, man, I could never make that big of a decision. Well, that's not what he's going to give you to start with. Just trust him in the small things. And yeah. pretty soon you do enough of that, you're going to look down and realize you are 10 floors up yeah. when you step off instead <laughs> of just 10 feet up. Right. It's just 
his way of working and, and developing us. Because frankly, at the end, that's what he's looking for is to conform us to to Christ's likeness. So um, anyway, so I love it. Got to throw that in. Yeah. What's, what's a top resource like a book? I think I know the answer to this that you would uh, recommend <laughs> uh, people read. Yeah, a fishing for happiness. Uh, yeah. That that is the book that I that I wrote, and it's uh, that's another really neat one that I get emails from people all over the world who have read it, and and it was really my pursuit of of finding more fulfillment, not just fishing, you know, for a happiness. It's more about catching uh, fulfillment, and uh, and that was that book. I, I really it was more of a selfish reason. I I wanted to publish all of it just in case something happened to me. And, uh, and then I was urged to, Hey, you should publish this. And it's, uh, it's kind of taken a life of its own. So I love that. That's fantastic. And what do you think the, the, the main thing that people need to walk away knowing from this episode? Um, that you don't have to make a choice between business and ministry. I, I feel like if more companies were doing the things that we're talking about doing, it, it could, it could literally radically change the the world. Um, yeah. so many of us, we kind of falsely believe that we have to keep them separate and that you're only supposed to talk about church on Sundays. And now I, I, I have, I have some of the most rewarding conversations about God and about Jesus and about faith on Mondays and Tuesdays than I do mm-hmm. on Sunday. And, and I'm, yeah. life has just been better and the people are impacting and our employees are, are happier. And now we have a chaplain. I mean, I, I would honestly, I would have thought that was silly 10 years ago. Why would we pay for a chaplain for our company? And, mm. you know, with this whole COVID thing that we all went through, I mean, we had some crazy stuff happen. We had some deaths happen. And having all of that, it wow. I mean, what a difference that made. Uh, otherwise, it would have been just absolute chaos. So I, I, I just urge you, even if you're not ready for it yet, I love your point about taking a small. For us, that small step was just writing Jesus on our site on our about page. Yeah. Mm. That was a super small step, but ended up leading into a whole lot of other things. Um, just, just know that you don't have to choose either or. It can be both. Mm. I love that. Can't say it any better, Joe. This was an incredible conversation. Thank you so much for your time and thanks for your humility and just telling us these stories. Uh, it, it's 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 just wonderful to get to get you know get to know you better and. I know a lot of people have been blessed through this episode, so I really appreciate it. Thanks for sharing Thank you guys. and being so transparent, brother. Thank you for listening to another episode of Eternal ROI. If you like what you heard, we would love for you to take a moment and leave us a review and share an episode with somebody you know. If you are inspired to begin bringing the power of God's love into your workplace, take a moment and check out our free assessment at hwaw.com. It'll only take you a few moments. It'll give you a snapshot of what your company looks like and maybe some ways to move forward. Just click on the link in the show notes and we'll see you next time.